You are listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast brought to you by Birmingham Live. Good evening, welcome back to the Claret and Blue podcast. I'm Dan Rowanson, joined once again by a dark Matt Kendrick, but his laptop's not great, so he might be a bright Matt Kendrick in a minute. Uh, not bright and cheery though, I assume. Matt, how are you? I'm all right. I've been trying to, I've been messing around with these lights, trying to get it right, but I just always look right, like a weirdo lurking in the shadows, whatever I do. So <laughs> apologies for not, not being able to match your production standards. It will happen eventually. Yeah, one day. I mean, not relevant, is it really? <laughs> for, especially for the audio listeners who can't even see us anyway. Um, Nottingham Forest won, Aston Villa won. Um, said a few times, didn't we, about it being a, a game to target and be must win. And Gerald comes out before the game in the press and says, look, we, yeah, four and beaten will be good, but it's not about that. We want to go there and get three points. We want to go out and play on the front foot and be exciting. <laughs> not, not seen that. <laughs> not seen us be exciting and play on the front foot. It's um, disappointing, frustrating, annoying, drab, boring, whatever you want to say about it. We've kind of replayed the podcast over and over in the last few weeks and said similar things. So I don't imagine this will be much different. Um, but yeah, a missed opportunity to go ninth, which at the end of the day, nine games into a season doesn't really mean much anyway. But yeah, disappointing to not take the advantage and, and beat bottom of the table, Nottingham Forest. I'm buzzing, mate. I thought we'd lose. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Sure it's, you didn't. It's... I did think we'd lose, um, but it's predictably bleak, isn't it? Like you said, it's just a... loads of comments. By the way, absolutely loads flying through with yeah, awful display. One I can't read due to language. Joke of a team, poor game. We made their fo- a football a football pitch look twice the size. Um, I've seen enough. Gerald has to go. Poor performance. Worst football in the league. Awful. I mean, yeah, comments speak for themselves. If you did a word cloud, would there be one three-letter word beginning with O and ending with T um, that, that would dominate the screen, do you think? I'd have thought so, yeah. Sorry if that's my uh, notifications buzzing off. Although I've got one eye on social media just to see if any press conference um, lines come through or or worse, I guess, if you may be looking for a club statement. Some fans may be waiting for it for the moment now, but I'm not sure we'll even see that. Um yeah, just a, a weird one. I don't know what I don't know what to say about it really, because like I said, we've we've repeated ourselves for a few weeks now, and nothing's changed. I asked you, well, I've asked all the lads actually, like, what do you need to see to um, be convinced that Gerald can turn it around? And have you seen enough yet to to be have kind of reasons for optimism? And we, I think you maybe said, you know, give me a few more games, give him give him nine games, ten games, whatever, and then and then ask me again. So I'll ask you again. Have, are we seeing anything that shows signs of improvement? Seems like a stupid question because I know the answer is no. <laughs> no, not really. I mean, I think the one saving grace is, I mean, I'm not sure whether it, it's still a way away, but the one saving grace is there's a, a big old um, change in manager window um, coming up this season that gives gives directors and CEOs and chairmen who are minded to sack their manager, gives them a, a real opportunity to, to, to source and to... Uh, implement a, a new boss with a, a mid-season break, the, the length of which we won't have seen before. Now, from on the evidence of what we've seen, and, you know, this is this is a ridiculous thing to say because Villa are probably in their best run of form of the season. Best form under Gerard, yeah. We've not been four unbeaten under Stephen Gerrard so far, so it's technically his best run in terms of being unbeaten, but it's only, what, six points? Six points from yeah. four, which I mean, it's not great, is it? Against a nil-nil with Leeds, boring one-nil over Southampton, and then today as well. Again, boring is probably the key word for me. 
Uh, I was trying to kind of work out as I always do when I'm watching a game. And I think when I know I've got to do the podcast afterwards, like, you know, what can we talk about? What kind of avenues can we go down? We always kind of joke about not doing any planning, but there's some kind of thought process in my head of, oh, we'll touch on this or we'll touch on that. The thing for me is I just, I'm never excited. I can never watch a passage of play and think, oh, this could be, there could be something happening here because it's a three wall to Ollie Watkins, whatever. And I know he's one on one square with a defender. I think, well, he won't beat him. But there's no one to, to play a ball into him anyway, for him to play a ball into it and make an attack out of it. So I never watch us and feel excited that something might happen out of nowhere. And then when we do score, like when Ashley Young does, it's like, oh my God, we've scored. Like, where did that come from? You know, that, that kind of feeling of not being excited about watching your football team and knowing that a chance will definitely come to nothing. It's a very strange, disappointing feeling. Yeah, it's difficult to get you excited anyway. I mean, you always, you've got to face like a smack task at the best of times. Well, yeah, so when I'm the one who's providing the light relief in these things, you, you, you know we're in trouble. But you're right, I've just caught a bit of um, of Keane and Carragher doing some of their post-match before I, I, I tried to mess around my lights um, and get on here. And, and Keane's, Keane's come out and said Villa lack bottle. And I think he means in an adventurous sense, really, in terms of not taking enough risks going forward. You know, being a bit plodding and a bit bit predictable. Uh, it was it was interesting seeing Carragher because he just can't bring himself to, to properly criticise um, Stephen Gerrard the way he would uh, another kind of underperforming team and manager in these mm. circumstances, uh, saying that, that Gerard's only been had, had one chance to bring in an attacking player, which that's fair enough, but he signed Coutinho and turned him into, um, well, I don't know what he's turned him into, you know, we, we, we likened him to a, a kind of, um, you know, a rich man's Carlos Hill a few few weeks <laughs> or months ago, but, you know, I don't think he could lace, lace Carlos Hill's boots at the moment because <laughs> he's so anonymous. Um, so it's in all this, we've, we've said it before, all this is on the manager and, you know, I think we probably are delaying the inevitable now, you know, Stephen Gerrard, Gerrard was on the brink a couple of weeks ago and listen, he summoned up a four game unbeaten run. Um, the highlight of which was, was that, that result against Manchester City. But if this is, you know, if these are the green shoots, you know, mm. a forest side that's lost five on the spin um, and not really, despite Villa having to the ball um, and getting the ball into the area on many occasions, they've not really been troubled that much Forest today other than a, a world from Ashley Young. I just think he... I think it is grim, uh, and probably in terms of my own mind, you know, I've used this, and probably Christian Perslow, if he's tuning in from his um, <laughs> luxurious bunker um, at Villa Park, or his um, what chauffeur- a bunker? I don't know, <laughs> chauffeur-driven limo back from back from the city city mm. ground. He's probably sick sick of this being used as a stick to beat him, but I'll, I'll refer back to it again, the continuous improvement um, mm. statement that, that greeted Steve, Dean Smith sacking a year ago. Uh, I think you corrected me. It's nine from nine, isn't it? Nine points from, from nine games with Gerard and Smith was sacked for 10 points from, from 11 games. Mm-hmm. Um, or vice versa, so, 11 points from 10. 11 points from 10? 11. I think it was 10 from 11. Anyway, okay. doesn't um, matter. Is it really maybe, one point? <laughs> no, we're splitting hairs over a couple of points and a couple of matches here. And 
not in anybody's language, even the most optimistic of, of Villa fans, not in their language, is, is this continuous improvement. Um, mm. And it's, like you say, it's blooming boring as well. Mm. You know, there's nothing to, to get us excited. And with the, the talent at Gerard's disposal, to have not got any closer to an attacking formation um, that, that looks remotely like clicking... It's it's so depressing and it, it, it's, it's nowhere near good enough. We're going to go a bit all over the place here just because you've mentioned the, the subs there and the kind of attacking formation. I did a couple of notes as I was watching through on, my, on, on Sky. Felt desperate, the subs, I thought. Very kind of old Steve Bruce. We need a goal. Here's a striker. We still need a goal. Here's another striker. And Watkins, Archer and Ings are all playing together in some kind of mismatch formation at the end. Um, John McGinn coming off again. I don't care what anyone wants to say about whether he's the right choice for the captain. Once again, your captain being subbed off with 20, 15 minutes to go is not a good look, however you want to dress that up. Um, he wasn't playing great, which fair enough. If a player isn't playing great, so they should be subbed off. That's your captain. He's supposed to set the standards and he's yeah, I think, not. Listen, I, think, I think in terms of that, I think Gerard um, is <coughs> damned if he does, damned if he doesn't yeah, in yeah. that one because, you know, he can't keep him. The problem that he's making is by, if you if you constantly subbing somebody off two thirds into a football match, why are they naturally starting the next game? Hmm. You know, yeah. that that that's the biggest issue rather than, you know, if your captain's not playing well, you do take him off. I think I think yeah, Gerald learned that learned that in recent weeks, but it's continually picking I still don't look good though. <laughs> no, no, it's not it's it's not a good look, but equally, you know, he's got to try and make, do something to change the game. Um you said earlier about it being all on Gerard at one point in your kind of opening assessment of it. Or I don't know what the actual point was about it. It's kind of his, you know, he's been here 12 months almost. It, it, it is on him. But there are moments in games where you think the player's not made the right decision there. Ramsey, I think, trying to put a ball across the box rather than shooting. John McGee going for a diving header about two yards off the ground. Why not? Why aren't you blasting your, your left foot through that and firing it into the roof of the net from, from the penalty box? So in-game decisions like that that the players make which is where it may be a confidence thing or lack of ability. You know, if things like that change. It's not quite on the manager's thing. He's not the one kicking the balls because actually if Stephen Joe was kicking the balls, he probably would have scored a couple of those efforts himself. But yeah, you know, it's again, semantics, isn't it? Is it Joe's fault? Is it the players? Honestly, probably both. Yeah, I mean, just on... You're right, the, those moments, and I think... You know, I think it was a good interception from a Forest defender that that stopped stopped Ramsey's cutback from reaching Watkins. But I think one of the yeah, well, like you said, it 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 is moments, but you know, it's (laughs) just made me shouldn't laugh really. But the McGinn, the McGinn diving header, I almost pictured him. You know, when he does his kind of his little glasses celebration, thinking Mm. if he'd have done that with a header. (laughs) <laughs> you know, he might have actually um, guided it on target or he might have actually done the right thing and actually taken a step back and swung his left boot at it instead. Yeah, listen, I'm not, I'm not saying the players don't don't bear bear responsibility. Of course they do. But who has the ultimate veto on whether players are involved? Yeah. Who who has the you know who has the ultimate ultimate responsibility for coaching technique? Listen, by the time you're a Premier League footballer, you know, the technique should be pretty much there, but it ultimately lies with the manager to to select the tactics, select the team, to instill confidence and to, to make sure the team's as set up as it possibly can be. Now, Villa 
have gone to a Forest team that, yes, we've said before the, the game that the, the, the atmosphere will be good because Steve Cooper's a popular guy. He's got a new contract that, you know, they're back in the Premier League, so they do generate generate a good atmosphere. But they would still have been nervous, you know, on the mm. back of a horrific run. They would still have been able to, to be got at. Uh, and yet Villa, you know, spontaneously combust or, you know, self-destruct or whatever you want to call it. And before you even know it, you know, conceding a really, really ridiculously sloppy goal. You know, I've been probably one of the biggest champions of, of, of Tyro Mings, um, you know, since he's been at Villa and especially when the flag's flying. But he didn't cover himself in glory today, um, no. either with the free kick, which was just needless, um, or the, the, the way that Villa defended that free kick or, or failed to defend that free kick. It was just, it was pathetic. Um, and then we know, you know, Villa struggled to score one goal in a game. So to come back and score two goals and to win the game that was a winnable game and that, like you said, would have lifted Villa up to ninth, which I actually think would have papered over a lot, a lot of cracks. But mm-hmm. that was almost an impossible task. The, the minute we conceded, you know, a draw away at a team that had lost five on the spin was the best that we could hope for. Mm. That's not continuous yeah. improvement. That's great, man. Yeah. It's, it's, gone, it's, it's gone very dark over there to, to go with the mood of the show. <laughs> um, earlier, you were talking about... Just to um, reflect <laughs> a bit of the light. You are talking earlier about the unbeaten run, and I made the point after Leeds, I think, and I got I got muddled up and said, oh, we might as well have lost tonight and you know, might as well have lost to Southampton and beat Leeds and we've got more points and people are going, well... We beat Southampton, we drew to Leeds, that's four. And I was saying, in my head, we drew to Southampton because it was so boring. So I was saying, rather than draw two, you're better off losing one and winning one. This whole four and beating thing, yes, while it's nice and it shows that you've kind of settled down, shop a little bit and you're not conceding as many goals, you are better off winning two and losing two in terms of points. I mean, it would have been the same, still six points rather than the six points from three draws and, and a win. But this whole unbeaten narrative is a bit kind of an easy kind of, oh, well, we're unbeaten, so that's a good thing, that's a positive, but... It's not when it's draws every week, is it? Yeah, I mean, nine nine points from nine games, a point a game, that's 38 points over the course of the season. And that would probably... probably it would probably keep you up, Dan. It probably would. Yeah, but, yeah, no, but that's what we're aiming for. No, hear me out. On the evidence of recent years, it would probably keep you up. But that's like, like taking your, your wife or your girlfriend out like, every every night, but just saying she could only have porridge. You know what I mean? It's... <laughs> It's fine, you know, it, 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 it'll sustain her, but, you know, nobody's going to get any thrills out of it, are they? And that's what we are. We, we, we've become we've become porridge. And listen, I'm, I'm probably I'm probably reaching for that analogy again because I'm trying to get back onto me, uh, my slimming world, but I can't face porridge. Um, you know what? I actually had a, I had a food analogy sent to me in a direct message. Do you want me to read it? Go on, yeah. I mean, absolute scenes for this guy who sent me this probably wasn't expecting me because I, I didn't reply because I just actually it might have, might have been my message request. I might not be able to get it quick enough. I just feel for a second while I search my DMs. Uh, do you want me to do? Do you want me to play some hold music or something? Uh, I don't know where it is. Maybe it was on Instagram or something. Uh, I don't know. Basically, the point was <laughs> absolute scenes for this guy now who was half expecting me to read it out and then I can't even find the message. But he basically was just like this long and long winded analogy, like a big paragraph like this of like. Aston Villa are like a, hoping to be a Michelin-style restaurant, but they've pulled like a 
a guy who works in a burger van to come and make the food so everyone hates it and everyone keeps yeah, turning to it. used to work in a burger van. So. <laughs> turns up to the restaurant hoping it's going to be better next time because it's a Michelin star, but they still get fed a horrible hot dog or whatever, and that, that's Aston Villa. Apologies to the guy that I couldn't find that quick enough, but I thought, that's a back end. You can ask if, if ever I've heard one. And I think you've said something similar before about the chef not having the right ingredients or something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, you know, the, the, the moral of the story is Aston Villa are serving up very unappetising fare. Um, yeah at the moment basically um what's um so shall i dare to look at the comments i mean they're, they're coming through there's loads of people watching which i'm surprised about given that it's so late and i thought people would just kind of zone out and think oh, i'm not, not bothered with us when you draw a game then people people tend to just switch off and people switch off and i can't get my words out um, but it's all just as you would expect there's nothing in there in the comments i'm scanning through them that make me go oh that's a good point in terms of a, as a positive it's Get get rid of people, Perslow, CEOs, Gerard players. Um, yeah, what do you think the best that we can get this season is now in terms of of a finish? Can we even get yeah. to the top half? It's We're not miles uh, away. I know a lot more. I'm very very dark um, at the moment, but it seems like so recently and it was that we were saying oh yeah this you know we can keep we're arguing whether whether seventh or ninth would be would be good enough um i don't know i think it's listen you, the, the fact that you said that a win would lift you halfway up the table mm. you know the, the table is still quite concertina we're only you know what a quarter of the way quarter of the way through the season so you know it, I, I do think we're in a survival slog, to be honest. But I'm also, you know, open-minded enough to know that, you know, even two wins at the next five, which I can't really see at the moment, but even two wins out of the next five would put a different complexion on it mm-hmm. in terms of your position in the table. I'm still not sure that those two wins, unless they come with with a real, a real, I don't know, swagger or a real plan around them. I still don't think two two wins out of five is, is suddenly going to suggest that Stephen Gerrard is the man to lead Villa's brave new new generation. Um mm. I do think it's it's a slog. It's become become what, what Villa were under McLeish, under Lambert, um just that slog to get the requisite amount of points on the board. Um the difference being that Stephen Gerrard has a star star study cast with which to try and achieve it. Um, mm. Whereas the people I've spoken before, um, McLeish, to be fair, still did have some quality in there. Um, but you know, we thought we got beyond this. We thought. We thought well, we- I just flashed a couple of comments up there when I asked you where where we could we finish, and people were saying that let's settle for seventeenth, settling for just surviving. Which I, I'd, yeah. part of me feels like I want to say we won't be in a relegation battle because there will be three worst teams in us eventually. Because at some point, surely, if it, if it's going to keep going downwards like this, Gerald will be sacked, and this squad should be good enough to be nowhere near a bottom three battle with a better system or a better coach or a better manager or, or whatever. But then you do just think, well, it's a point in the game, and that is relegation form. So how can I say we won't be in a relegation battle? So. So, you know, on one hand, it's concerning. On the other, I think we've got a better side than that, and, and we'll be fine. But when we've been relegated before, big teams get relegated and, and think they're going to be fine, and then find themselves in trouble. So I'm not going to sit here all high and mighty and say we definitely won't be. Um, but it's heading that way, 
And if it continues to head that way, I don't see anything other than a managerial change. It's um, it's very early in the season, but if you look at the table now, you look for the three worst teams. One <laughs> of them we've just laboured and toiled against tonight <laughs> in yeah. Nottingham Forest. One of them in Southampton, we laboured and toiled against them. Okay, we beat them and they really were poor. Um, and another one, the team that's currently sitting bottom of the, the league at the moment, Leicester City, obviously we didn't play them. We haven't played them yet because uh, that mm. game was, was, was postponed. But they spanked, <laughs> spanked the team. They yeah. just laboured against tonight, 4-0. Um, so, you know, if there, are, if there are three worst teams at the end of this, at the end of this season at Aston Villa, I'm glad I've not got a season ticket to watch them because um, it's bad enough watching potentially the fourth worst team. Um, mm. I saw somebody actually, somebody I follow saying that they regret buying their season ticket and spending so much money on it. And I thought, that's what a sad state of affairs that is. And we've talked about it before, I don't know whether it's on the podcast or not, where you kind of get to a point where you the, the games were slog and you think, oh, it's for a park on Sunday. My whole day is kind of tailored around going to, going to the football and it'd be rubbish and we'll probably lose. And it with the same kind of Groundhog Day again. And that's where no fan wants to be regretting that I've spent money on a season ticket because it, it should be and it, and it is a privilege. But the football we're being served up isn't worth you know, £6 for a season ticket, never mind 600 Yeah, I think buying a season ticket in, in hindsight now is a bit like probably too young to remember premium bonds, but it's a bit like your nan putting a scratch card in your birthday card just in the just the off chance something might you know you, you might 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 get some joy out of it or you might not um, I think the modern day equivalent of that is probably like an NFT isn't it putting money into an NFT thinking it's going to be this big boom and you're going to make loads of money and then it goes down to a penny per whatever yeah don't don't get me on that mate. That'll, that'll, that'll blow <laughs> me mind um <laughs> What about? Obviously, we'll, we'll, we'll still touch on wider issues. But what what were the moments in the game? Then we've talked about a couple of chances that got away. Should we talk about um, let's, Ashley Young's banger? Yeah, let's talk about Ashley Young. Ashley old, um, eleven years between goals for, for Ashley Young. Do you know what the last one was? His last goal for us. I do actually. Yeah. Do you? It was against then. Wigan in a one-one draw at Villa Park. Yeah. Did you see that on Twitter? No, I, I decided to dig it out in case it was going to be relevant. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can't remember it to be honest, but I do. No, I do no. know that his, his replacement scored in that game as well. Um, Charles and Zogbia. Yeah. Ah, yeah, of course, Charles and Zogbia. So Christ. Um, yeah, eleven years. I, I've messaged AFC Stato on Twitter saying that must be the biggest gap for a player to score two goals for the same club. Not um, Gabby. Gabby not do that. <laughs> no tea. Um, and I was trying to think of even just players that have played for the club twice and have two stints at the club. And I was trying to reel off a few and I was having a few back and forth with people on social media. We'll talk about Ashley Young in a sec. Who are Cowans? Bit of a quiz question here. Yeah. How many can you name that have played for Villa on two occasions? Oh, We've had a couple yeah. on the podcast. So there's a, there's a, a clue for you. Yeah, so Cowans... Mm-hmm. Staunton on the podcast. Blimey, you've you've thrown me now. Do you want to give it to us so we don't have too much dead air? Yeah, go uh, on. The other one was Andy Gray, is the one I was thinking of. Oh, yeah, yeah. So have two stints and also be on the podcast. Steve um, Hunt. Steve Hunt, yes. Somebody did say him, but question whether he actually played for the first team in his first stint, which I couldn't remember, to be honest. So go and watch the podcast with yeah, Steve Hunt if you want to go and find out about that. He did, he told us. Pay attention. <laughs> yeah, oh, sorry. Um, who else was there? There was quite a few that came through. James Milner. Was one. 
Jazz Milner was also the one I was thinking of, but obviously I knew that wasn't going to be an 11 year gap. Cowan, Steve Hunt, Andy Gray, uh, Jazz Milner. Yeah, those were the five that were sent to me. I mean, there must be a couple more. There must be to have played a couple of um, couple of stints, but nobody who's had an 11 year gap anyway and definitely not scored. And it also makes Ashley Young our oldest goal scorer. Is that right? I don't know whether that's in the Premier League or just the top division. It's Peter Schmeichel before. So I was just about to use that use that answer on me. No, um, I, didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah, he's our oldest goal scorer in the Premier League. Um, yeah, I don't know why we're going down that that road. Um, Ashley Young, then. What a what a stroke, by the way. Sweet as a nut. How I described it in my uh, social post that I did for it. Lovely strike. Um, I did see somebody questioning like Jack of Ramsey. Look at him, this progressive all-action midfielder. He's like covering left back. Why? So Ashley Young can maraud forward and move into the edge of the air and score a bangle like that. That's why. I didn't uh, realise was so susceptible from <clears throat> long-range efforts until I, I, I yeah. or score throw up a graphic. Oh, were well, um, you telling me you didn't watch the match preview with me and John Townley? Tut, tut, tut. We talked about Sorry. that because Leicester did it. They scored two outside the box and there's some stat that they're... Dean Henderson can be got out from the edge of the area. So we were saying, oh, maybe Coutinho will bend one in or Buendia will bend one in. That never happened. Good old Ashley Young stepping forward and, uh, and saving the day to rescue a point. Bottom of the league, Nottingham Forest. Glory days are back, everybody. Um, yeah, great strike. Great strike. Talk us through it. Um, <laughs> Talk us through it. Why have I said that? But yeah, um, nice to see Ashley Young scoring. A nice kind of warm, fuzzy feeling. Normally the score it talk you through rather than me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but Ashley Young's you know, a great, great ball in from one of the lads from, from John McGinn, you know. What? They were appealing for some kind of foul, weren't they? Say Ollie Watkins had, had, had fouled somebody, but... Um, I don't know. No, it was... Uh, it, listen, I don't think there was anything of it. I think... When it's so bleak, when it's so drab, you do need those little little moments of excitement. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I wasn't. I wasn't convinced that. I still thought we'd lose, even when we when we equalised. To be honest, that's probably just me being battered down um, mm. by years and years of um, disappointment and cynicism. But I didn't think that was the gateway for us to go and win the game. No, but but then what is? What is our? What is our? Kind of route to goal. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I mean, obviously, Matt, Matty Cash was back in today, wasn't he? After injury, back back by the side of the, the River Trent for the first time since he joined us, and you know, he brings he brings that energy. But you know, you never think his delivery is going to be going to mm. be right, do you? You know. Um, so I don't know what the stat was, but I think they, they said that we delivered so many crosses into the box, uh, yet our XG was still. You know, ridiculously low, and I don't know. I don't know. I'm fed up with it, mate. Yeah, so the comment just come through saying that the jokes and stuff is boring. Be honest and open your eyes to the dross tonight. <laughs> I don't know how much more honest I can be. It is dross. It's disgusting. It's boring. I hate. I hate it. I hate watching us. It's so. Yeah. It's so boring. I spend most of the time at home when I'm not at the game, scrolling on my phone. And I'll double saying, but oh, what a terrible fan doesn't even watch the game, doesn't support them. It's boring. What's the point? Nothing I can do to affect it from watching on the TV anyway, for a start. I won't do that. I won't go to Villa Park and sit on my phone. But it's just that feeling of just, I know nothing's going to happen. I'm not excited by anything. It's so slow. It's so boring that the build up and everything, you just know nothing will come from this. It'll take a freak goal from Ashley Young. When games gone by, it'll take a freak goal from Douglas Lewis scoring directly from a corner. There's no kind of cutting edge. There's no. Like I said before, route to goal. We've talked about it before about having a, 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 so many different goal scorers. Another one, another new goal scorer tonight, Nash Young. 
it's not even like we've got six goals this season. They've all come from Ollie Watkins and we just play this one tactic that it's always a ball down the right, ball across the box and he'll score a header and that's all we'll do. But we've been found out a little bit. It's just random. I don't know who's going to score. I wouldn't bet on the game anyway, but I wouldn't bet on a Villa goal scorer because it could literally be any one of them from any kind of route and not in a good way that we were so attacking he could get goals from anywhere. It's just who's going to pop up in the right place at the one specific time that we might just happen to be able to score a goal. Yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of football. That to, to yeah, but it's not though, is it? No, other than Man City, with Erling Haaland scoring at the back post, you know. Yeah, but that's not a tactic, is it? To just go, well, I don't really know who's going to score at any point here because it could be anything at all. There's no there's no discernible tactic or route to goal where you can just go, oh, this is what we're going to do. We'll play narrow with two tens, but that doesn't work, does it? No, and you know, um, he, played, <laughs> he, did, he did try the, the two tens today and just both were, were passengers to a degree. Um, Watkins continues to, you know, I think he had, had a header, did he? I think that was um, mm, yeah. generating enough power and direction. He continues to, to run down too many cul-de-sacs for me. Um, yeah, the, the, I think it's the perfect storm at the moment with a, a manager who can't, motivate properly and, and, and coach confidence back into his team uh, and players who just lots of them seem seem shadows shadows of them former of their former selves really uh, and it all points one way doesn't it I think it's a question of of when rather than if now I uh, mm. think you talking about you wouldn't bet on on villa goal scores and stuff you you wouldn't bet much on Stephen Gerrard being Aston Villa manager by the end of the season uh, no so, I don't mean the end of autumn, although you probably wouldn't bet, bet much on, on, on that. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Yeah, I wouldn't say by the end of 2022, never mind the end of the season. Yeah. Um, the Premier League, by the way, is just room. I start pitch. Michael is still the oldest goal scorer for Aston Villa by a matter of days. Ashton Young's 37 years, 93 days old. And Schmeichel was 37 years, 336 days. So he's still only the second oldest. So damn you, Premier League Twitter for ruining my stats. It's worse tonight, doesn't it? It never gets better, does it? Never gets better. Is there, um, anybody, um, is there anybody clutching for positives in the messages? Well, ask, I will ask them now. Is there anyone who's got any positives for from tonight's game and for the, the games ahead? I mean, some people will say something like, we didn't win, so that means Gerald will be sacked and they'll take that as a positive, which I never agree with. I don't like stuff like that. I've had a few people saying like they hope we lose and stuff because it's one game close to Gerald being sacked. I don't ever want us to lose because I want Villa to win every single game they play. Um, I'll flash up some of the comments. So we asked, are there any positives? No, no, no positives. No, no, we didn't lose. No. Jamie's Chinese. Jamie, what did you have? Uh, Darren, the kit looked all right. I prefer it with the claret shorts. I'll be honest, I don't like the all blue. I like the bit of claret in there. Ashley Young says Gary. Big no from Bert. No, no from Stephen. Archer coming on from DJ. Gets more than about three three seconds to come on the pitch. I think he had 12 minutes or 13 minutes. Didn't do much apart from put a header across the box when he maybe could have put it towards goal, but we'll kind of ignore that a little bit. Nice to see him get more minutes, but again, like I said, near the start, you've just gone striker, striker, striker without any real idea of what to do with them, and that's not quite worked. Shock horror. As, um, sorry, I'm getting, getting all the... Um all the listeners and viewers to do our homework for us. But has Gerard done his post-match? Did he have anything interesting to say? 
Um, well, I'm going to guess that. I'm going to guess, actually, and say, no, he won't have anything interesting to say because he'll just say what he said before, that oh, we've worked hard, and I think it'll be a similar interview than we've seen before, to be honest. Um, I've not seen anything. I'm just scanning social media now. I can't see anything from him. There is something from Max Stokes, actually, that I'd like to raise, and I believe he was there. He says that there were a chance of we want Gerard out at the end, which we talked before about I'm just Googling, I'm just finding it quickly. The wording right before I throw Max under the bus. Um, yeah, chance of we want Gerard out from the away end. You know you're done when that happens. Max says. Um, yeah, we talked before. I don't know, social media is very different to in the stadium when it does filter into the stadium, particularly the away fans. Again, that's never a great look, is it? No, that's that's interesting actually because I've said before that's that's always the barometer that that. The seal has been broken, if you like, to be honest, because the away fans, by their very nature, tend to be very patient, very understanding, um, you know, sets of supporters because they, you know, put their hand in the pocket every week and, and, and you know, I not say inconvenience themselves, it's their choice, but they travel great distances to follow Villa and when enough is enough for them, mm. that's normally, that's normally the sign that the axe is about to fall. Um, so, no, it's interesting, interesting no, that, that that has happened um, because it's normally one follows the other. So, I'm not sure. I'm not sure whether the axe will fall um, ahead of Chelsea. Um, who have we got next? Chelsea, Chelsea Fulham and then Brentford. Brentford Chelsea, Brentford, yeah, something like that. Chelsea, Fulham, Brentford, Newcastle, I think. Yeah. Which, so I think we're, and then you look at that now and go, how many points come from that? Three, maybe, on current form. Three draws and a loss, something like that. Potentially. I think we're very much um, very much reaching the end game. And as and when it happens, you know, I'm not sure the manager's done enough to, to stave it off, certainly on the evidence of the, the first nine games of the season. I always, I always find the, man, like the, the timing of a manager or sacking strange because... There were some people say, oh, "Well, give him, you know, give him another game." I don't think he'll be sacked after Forest because you know, they're still unbeaten. Which I mean, there's something to be said for that to a degree. I mean, again, it's Forest, it's Leeds, it's Southampton. I mean, I expect us to be winning all those games. Never mind just scraping through and being unbeaten. But you know, sacking a manager after four unbeaten, how does that look? But if we lose five nil to Chelsea, what was the point waiting? Do you know what I mean? And we lose three nil to Brentford. Like, why not just bite the bullet and, and get it over with? Why why delay it any further than than you need to? That's not just a Villa and a Joe thing, by the way. That's yeah, no, I think we do that all the time. I think we spoke about this the other day, didn't we? It's, it's, it's not only <coughs> the lancing of the boil, if you like, and getting the, the moving a manager on, but it's you move a manager on. You want to make sure that you've got a a good a good replacement lined up who you can move in quickly. Um, mm. And if that isn't the case, you need to make sure that you've got somebody who can steady steady the ship and, and and hold the fort within within the dressing room. So, I do expect Ashley Young to be player manager when he <laughs> when he becomes Villa's outfield player, scoring the uh, <laughs> probably play himself uh, centre forward. Well, you could could do worse, couldn't we? Well, um, yeah. He's got as many goals as everybody else in the team with one. So yeah, why not? Yeah. Uh, we I, think done. I, I think I think we're done, aren't we? There's nothing else to say that we've not already said and have been saying for weeks. Uh, 
again, it's uh, we talked about it last game, like that kind of feeling of being on a knife edge of, well, we've not won, so are we going to see club statements, Stephen Gerrard, parts company with Villa or whatever the wording will be? Will we see that tonight, tomorrow, Tuesday? Will, we, will he be doing a press conference at the end of the week because he's still here? It's just this weird kind of limbo feeling that he's not a nice place to be in a, in a support as a supporter. Um, I don't hear anything on the TV, by the way, in terms of booze and stuff. But if Max was there, which again I assume he would, there's no reason that he tweeted that. He's tweeted it. Yeah, there's no way he'd lie. If if he's tweeted it, that's happened. There's no way he would lie about that. But I don't know whether he was there or whether he's passed that on and he's tweeted it. So I can't say for for certain. Um, but if that has happened, that, that yeah, like I said, that's not a good look. Um. Yeah, Chelsea next. We'll talk about that later in the week. We'll obviously talk about. Um, Gerald being sacked if that does happen this week although I wouldn't I, I don't know whether I can see that happening or not I don't know whether you agree or disagree whether whether that will be no, listen, week, I'm, I don't I'm, know. a bold prediction I fully expect him to be in charge against Chelsea at Villa Park mm. on, um, on Sunday afternoon just looking down the fixture list and the final game before the um, before the international break or the World Cup break 13th of November away at Brighton I expect him to be sacked. So I'm hedging my bets here. I expect him to be sacked somewhere between this Sunday, Sunday the 16th of October, and whatever day the 13th of November falls upon. So I think I think that is the month, and the axe will fall. You know, I'm, I'm sure that's not the, not me really sticking my neck out massively. Um, but I don't, I don't. You know, I'd love to be proven wrong, but I don't see much within the the month between those fixtures that Stephen Gerrard can do enough to convince convince us that he's the man to, to lead Aston Villa forward. Um, you know, and one of our colleagues before we came on air said, you know, don't make this a Gerrard, Gerrard out podcast. And I don't think we have made it a Gerrard out, out podcast, probably not enough for, for some people who are well and truly fed up with him and want to see him go right now. But, you know, I'm really struggling to make to make a case for him to stay. Mm. To be honest, I can't see. It's, I can't see any glimmers. Like I said before, it's not necessarily an anti-Gerard thing or, or anti-Villa. It's just I'm bored of it all now. It, it feels like it's re- reached a natural conclusion that we, it won't change. We said four or five games ago that there's two outcomes: either Villa suddenly get better and Gerard keep, keeps in his job because he's done a good job, which <laughs> to an extent we won't beat in four games, so he, he has got better slightly, or Villa don't improve enough and he gets sacked, and it's still a point again. As it was a point a game after seven games or six games, whatever it was, and again, it's just not good enough, is it? So it will happen at some point. I don't imagine Stephen Gerald will be Aston Villa manager in a year's time or two years' time, and it'll be more like a month's time or two months' time, um, or a week or two weeks, um, or a day or two days, just to get every uh, measure of <laughs> measure of time in there to cover myself as well. Um, but yeah, it's just a it's just a rubbish position to be in, isn't it? I don't think we have to come out here and, and say Stephen Gerrard out. We want him gone. He's this. He's that. For me, it's ex-manager is rubbish at football. That's what I'm bored of. It doesn't matter who it is in the hot seat. I've just I've seen enough at this point. I think that it's not going to improve. What do you think the atmosphere will be like on Sunday? Muted until we're losing. And now I think it might start to turn. If the away fans have turned, it's usually the home fans turn first and the away fans are the, are the ones to go. But we've probably we've obviously played a couple of away games um, in a row now rather than at home. Um, but yeah, if there's Gerard out stuff and you don't know what you're doing and stuff like that from the whole end, and we do lose on Sunday, even if it's a 1 0 or a 2 1 and we've had a decent enough game, if, if we lose and the fans have turned, I think that is it then. 
Um, if we lose heavily, I mean, maybe that's why teams delay things because after four unbeaten, it, there'll be some. You know, Jamie Carragher will be going, "Oh, it's harsh for Steven Gerrard to be sacked. He's kept him four unbeaten, and the kind of that narrative exists now." Whereas if Chelsea beat us six 0 at Villa Park and they sack him, everyone goes, "Well, yeah, it was inevitable. He had to go." Maybe that's why they delay things. So you've got to have a bad, a bad defeat before they actually go right. That's, that's the one. But you know, a smart decision, I think, would be to. Like you said, pull the pull the plaster off quickly and get it over with, or, or lance the boil, whatever you said. What a horrible, uh, horrible phrase <laughs> that is, lance the boil. Yeah, I mean Charlie or whoever it was never replied about his Chinese. Or I didn't see it anywhere. I mean, I was waiting for that, just to end on a bit of nonsense. But I can't can't see it anywhere. Have you got anything else you want to talk about, or do you want to go to bed? I'm really, mate. I'm done. To be honest, I'm just trying to think if there's a the only the only dilemma I've got on Sunday is my son plays at twelve o'clock. Um, oh, go and watch your son in the Rowley Regis area. Um, and <laughs> watch your son. It's not even a dilemma, is it? So it was. I was kept saying to him, you know, should we just try and you're going to play for three quarters of the match and we'll leave early? I think we'll stay. We'll stay to the end, and if we miss the first ten minutes at Villa, so be it. Um, how many people in the comments would rather go and watch Matt's son play football than go to Villa Park on Sunday? Raise yeah. your hand now. He scores as often as Ashley Young does for Aston Villa. <laughs> I'd rather come and watch your son than go and play for than watch Aston Villa. That's how bad it's got for me now. But your son might be a good footballer. Might have to order some extra tea bags in, mate. If we're gonna if we're gonna have a a bumper crowd down a oh look at loads of people would rather come to Blackheath. Yeah, love it. Here we go. Get us a ticket. <laughs> there we go. Look, lovely stuff. Not, not a lovely ending, that is. Go and watch your show and enjoy it. If you have to miss 20 minutes of Villa, you'll have missed nothing. Just rewind back to another game you've seen and it'll probably be exactly the same. Um, do we call it? Yeah, let's do it. I'm going to have a cup of tea and get to bed. Right. Matt, thank you very much for your time on Monday night. Thanks for the 700 people still watching at almost 11 o'clock on a Monday. Fair play to you. Thank you very much for tuning in and thanks for all your comments oh, and, and oh, getting involved as well. I've got to give a shout out. Go on. Clive. <laughs> I was at the... Um, I was Sorry, at Villa, Clive. I was at Villa Park yesterday because um, my daughter's has um, discovered a, a love of football um, oh, and nice. women's football. Not not the men's. She, she's not, you know... <laughs> um, and she wanted it's a birthday on um, it's a birthday this week, so we wanted to get her some some kit and some training kit. And I was in in there, and there was a, a bloke who was just kind of got a young young child with him, and he was going through all the retro shirts and reminiscing about the one the AST computer one, which mm-hmm. always so always associate with Andy Townsend. And was that the that might have been the ninety six? That the ninety six? Is it the one with a little kind of lion in boss? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the ninety six, yeah. So I was making a bit of crap small talk with him. And he just said, you're a podcast man. I said, I am podcast man. <laughs> um, so I said, I'd give him a shout out. So Clive, you're right to um, to reminisce about all the retro things because this current Villa team are driving us nuts. Uh, and the other shout out to my mate, Jamie, who said I didn't give him a shout out a couple of weeks ago when I actually did give him a shout out. So Unbelievable. There you go. As, right. if, we devote, as if we devote airtime to this. I know. Um, well, I'll start off with a burp and end this podcast. Thank you very much for everyone for tuning in. That's the standard of the show and the football, isn't it? That a burp is entertaining for this to end. Uh, thanks everyone for tuning in. We'll be back for maybe a kind of Q&A episode in the week. But again, I feel like we'll be repeating ourselves unless there's been a managerial change in the next 48 hours. Um, if we don't do that, it'll be a 
match preview for Chelsea on Thursday or Friday whenever the press conference is if that's Steven Gerrard or somebody else um, yeah and we'll look ahead to Chelsea and, and hopefully three points for Aston Villa Woo. why well, always end these series like, oh, maybe we'll win but even I don't believe that anymore uh, so thank you everyone for watching thank you Matt for your time we'll see you when we see you uh, Thank you for listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please do let us know. We love hearing your feedback. We'll be back soon with another episode, but until then, up the villa. Up the villa.